Hey, look at that. I'm still not dead. And neither are you, unless you're Schrodinger's cat. While you're thinking of that, I want you to think about every single person that you know and every single person that you can possibly think of. Think about all your family, even all the parts of it that you wish you weren't genetically attached to or the parts of it that you've actually chosen to stop talking to or including in your life. Think about the friends that you do the same thing with and the friends that actually matter to you. Think about all the people you grew up with and went to school with that you can still remember. Even that girl that did porn after high school before she got the boob job and had a kid. I want you to even think about old Jimmy Fepitotepa and the Vessels Lola Petita, huh? All those people, every single one of them, is not a serial killer. Or they're so good at it that they haven't been caught yet. I love that. I love knowing that I am around good people or people that are good at what they do and what makes them them. I haven't been so good lately. At least not with this. All my goodness has recently gotten redirected to my sourdough starter. When I wake up and one of the first things I do is take care of my sourdough starter. Twelve hours after that, I feed my sourdough starter. Almost an entire bag of flour I fed to this fucking thing, and it took an extra two or three days after the recipe I was using said that it should be ready, but it is, it's ready! <laughs> oh, but wait, that just means that I get to mix it into this lumpy mush with my hands that's all sticky and sticks to my fingers, and it's all ugly and brown and gray, and it's gotta sit there for 12 hours more. Then after those 12 hours, I have to play with it all day, and I'm probably going to have to let it sit overnight again. And then after all that, all that waiting, all that effort, all that waking up early and attentiveness and scheduling, after that full bag of flour, after the two separate 12-hour periods of waiting and all the extra waiting in between, after all of the anticipation, it still could go wrong. It still could just fuck up for a number of reasons. But that's what makes it good. And I'm excited to fuck up if that's what happens. It's gonna bum me the fuck out, and I'm probably gonna feel drained from all the energy I've invested, but I'm still excited. I haven't been very good about freeing my hate. After I told you guys about how I was all proud that I had gotten to a point where I was just telling people to eat shit, my brain wanted new hate to hurl, and what it's finally chosen and fixated on is, I hope you get hit by a train. And when I hope for that, I hope that instantly the train just descends from the sky and smashes into them. All 20 plus cars crashing down directly into them. The severity and indignation in me I respond with determines the contents and the cars and if they preserve structure to twist metal through the corpse, melt into lava, or explode on impact. If it's not that, I think about just grinding my teeth down into gum-tearing little bits of glass-like shards between my gums, and it's one of the most excruciating, unimaginably painful and uncomfortable things just thinking about makes me physically pained. 
but I honestly prefer it to expending any energy on people that are neither authentic nor creative. I'm not meant for this time, this lifestyle. Emotionally and mentally, I'm filled with the fire to annihilate on the field of battle, conquering enemies and leading armies. I could enlist in some branch of the military, but it's more than just engaging in combat. My mitts itch for the weight of blades tearing flesh, the raw visceral intimacy of violence immediate and sensed six different ways. The kitchen was almost there, it was almost an acceptable substitute, but there was just too much fucking people. If I could have just cooked, no talking than other what pertained to cooking, I would have cooked forever. I would have severed heads in between plating with tweezers and nothing would weigh down my glee. Instead, I shoulder the corruption of confinement in the same manner that poetry continues to be shit-smashed. Anytime poetry comes up, it's just some idiot or asshole rhyming. Or it's that overly emotional, indulgent, honor all my literary icons and the wonderment of feeling. So it's a played out cliche joke, unironically the same satire it's intended to mock or just some other shit that it shouldn't be. When all it should be is just the best way that we could talk to people if we were really patient, good, thoughtful people that wanted to express that to one another as accurately as possible, we would use poetry to speak to one another. Or in the likelihood that not enough people are doing it, why not use it in other places where it would just make it better? Like a doctor's office. Can you imagine how much better you would be able to remember the instructions from your doctor if he used poetry to deliver them to you? Or in the legal system, if you had police officers and judges, instead of using the legislative language, were just reciting poetry, might make a little more sense, and you might feel a little bit better about it. And it doesn't have to end there or only be used in those situations. It can go anywhere. It's needed, wanted. Sorry your wife's dead. Here's a poem about her. Your house burned down and everything you own in it, I burn with feeling to write this poetry for you, my friend. You know what? I challenge you. Send in the worst parts of your life to, to nanashu at gmail.com, anonymously, one-liners, whatever you want, and I will make poetry out of it. My favorite part about meeting a new person is figuring out what to do with my fists. Side note, I'm going to start putting a list together of things I can do with Mr. T's beard. Number one on the list is pity the fool. For most of us, getting older, being an adult, adulting as the kids today like to call it, it's just taking greater risks with the responsibility chicken. How long can I speed towards this errand or this personal health issue before it crashes into me and I crash into it and I make it way worse than it would have been if I had just fucking done it when I would like thought about it in the first place? For me, it's a matter of need. I'm not good with should or want. It has to be need. And playing that 
responsibility chicken is the only way when I usually get to a point of need, if not too far. And then I look at other people, and people are doing this with new life. Even now, in this time, people are still having children. They're fertilizing eggs, growing in gestation for nine months, birthing, nurturing, caring for new human consciousness. I'm over here worried about every time I eat fast food and what I'm putting inside myself, and people are having babies like it's the greatest thing they've ever done. But no matter what happens, a part of you as a kid survives. It stays inside and lives with you and how you think and choose to behave. No matter how grown, mature, enlightened you become, there's always a childish part of you that remains. Let that be a part of you. And let it be one of the good parts. Let it be the part of you that likes to play with a stick in the dirt. Let that childish part of you be the part that lays on the ground to watch the spider hanging from the roof weave webs of clouds in the sky. Let that part of you be the part that feels joy like lightning and shocks others like a balloon when they get static in their lives. I looked behind me, and there were two footprints. Yeah, you have two feet. Oh, no, I mean... Yes, you do. Look down. Two feet. That equals two fucking footprints. One of the parts of me that I let survive, and the way that I maintained it, was when I got to that point where... On Christmas, I didn't feel like a kid anymore. I wrote Santa the next year, and I told him that I didn't want to write him letters asking him for things anymore. I wanted him to write me. And he did. And I'd like to share with you one of those letters that he wrote me. <clears throat> ho, ho, ho. Dearest Albert, ho, ho, ho. He writes it a lot, too. I think it might actually be Tourette's or a stutter or something. You ever put a dick in your mouth, taste nothing, and find yourself spiraling between thoughts of, does this dick have no taste? Does it taste like my mouth? Or does my mouth taste like dick? Ho, ho, ho. Love Santa. No comma, just love Santa like it's a fucking command. I swear to God, the Easter Bunny is the most literate of all the fantasy fairy tale creatures I've met, and that's because he knows how to just shut the fuck up. On top of turning the worst parts of your life into poetry, I will also teach you a master class on how to shut the fuck up if you don't know and want to learn, or if you know somebody that you think needs to learn. This year's letter from Santa said that instead of coal, he was going to try out a new thing, something called the coronavirus. I wrote him back and I was like, tight, but you know how they call people with big foreheads five head? Kurt Cobain is a negative one head. I was thinking about if I were a superhero, and first off, I don't think I'd be a superhero. I think I'd be just like an okay hero, or I guess just a hero that I'd like inadvertently, unintentionally, end up saving people's lives. My title would be very fitting to that superpower. Nothing, man. 
I would do nothing in situations where it called for it appropriately, and no big surprise, but I'd probably save more people than all the other heroes. Everyone's always so concerned with what they're doing and what they want to do, and they think that they have to have done all these things in their life or to have meant something. I don't care about that. I want to know what you can't do. And I want to know why. And even more than that, I want to know what you choose not to do. On another side note, if you're going to eat the Book of Mormon, be mindful. Over-ingesting paper may cause constipation. <laughs> if I had a nickel. Can you guys believe that, that there was a time when people were talking about hypothetical nickels that they could have? I think that must be another part of getting older. Along with when you see somebody doing something that you know isn't fun or that you think isn't fun or you think that they aren't having fun doing it, you ask them having fun with a total shit-eating grin. The other day I heard that like five times in the matter of 20 minutes. The fun I actually would have been having was not only cancelled out but forced back inside of me so hard that that teeth-grinding fantasy came to mind and really wishing for trains. But luckily, nothing man saved the day. You know what is fun, though, is when you play Responsibility Chicken with your podcast and then you're trying to do it all on Saturday night and Sunday, and on Sunday, for some reason, everybody is just driving up and down your street that's pretty close to your window that particular day. And there's even this vehicle that I'm guessing is filled with teenage girls just screaming for some reason. It's like a fucking Miley Cyrus video. But Albert, if you'd calibrated your new equipment, it probably shouldn't be picking that up, right? Well, yeah, right, but it sounds weird when there's not enough room and stuff, or if there's too much gate. I don't like that overly processed sound. I'm still figuring it out. I didn't like how that last episode sounded. I had to re-upload it. And even then, it wasn't as good as the one before. Oh boy, yay, he's talking shop with us again. We totally get that. Yay. But since we're on this subject, would you guys be open to a podcast that was only about this amount of time? 10-15 minutes? Would that be enough? Or is that too short and not worth listening at that point? This is usually about when the first chunk of material kind of starts to die down and then I have to dig for something else. I gotta find a way to feed. I've been loving that word lately. I get to feed my sourdough, but there's so many other applications where feed is just such a good word. If you don't accept my worst parts of your life poetry challenge, find a way to use feed in a daily conversation at some point during this week. So far, my favorite part about getting a newspaper, other than the puzzle section and doing all the different puzzles and how much those have been kicking my ass but making me use my brain, I've really been liking the obituary section. I really don't even know what it is that I like so much about it yet. I haven't read the obituaries. I just like the idea of it that there's a section for death. And I like that people try to use good pictures of the people. I like that each time there's a different amount of people 
and the types of names that just happen to be for the people that are in a newspaper obituary, it seems fitting. And I like the idea that people have finally taken the time to be creative and authentic with how they would think about and speak about another person, even if it was at the expense of their life or rather their physical form on this world. Man, the skin on my hands has been dry lately. It's a lot harder to make a fist when the skin on your hands is dry. There's been another change in how I see my interaction with a lot of other people. For a while, I thought I was mirroring people, and maybe I was at that time. I thought I was intending to reflect back to them how they were, and allowing them to see parts of themselves that they might not have seen before. But now I think that I'm more of just like a shadow. I'm more just like a less defined and darker presence behind another person. I spent a lot more time in the kitchen this week. Not intentionally and not just because of my sourdough. It helped remind me of just the natural order of things. Because you can learn everything that you could possibly need to know about life in your own personal kitchen at home or by working in a professional kitchen. What seems most relevant this week is how things end up going together and the natural chains that develop from doing something the right way and just the way that it sort of plays out on its own. In a restaurant, cooks are everything. If your cooks are good, if they're happy or they have purpose and fulfillment, everything else will follow. That is the only thing that you need for a restaurant. With fermenting and sourdough, it's the bacteria. Ah, fuck, he's back on bacteria again, isn't he? Yes, because we seriously should be worshipping bacteria. That is the most appropriate god that we have. Bacteria are already a natural part of you and your life. And they'll give you tasty food and a healthy gut and alcohol. And most importantly, they will teach you how you are a part of your family. And your family is a part of your neighborhood. And your neighborhood is a part of your town. Your town is a part of your city. And your city is a part of your state. And your state is a part of the country. And the country is a part of the world. It goes together. It feeds off each other. Whether we want to or not. Act natural is probably one of the better ways to define how most humans do go about existing. They act natural. Consider the phrase. With poetry, it'd probably be a lot more apparent, but it's very much an oxymoron, and people don't intend it that way. They don't intend it ironically when they use it. I'm starting to feel like I'm about out of rope here. In hopes of inspiring a happy new year, if I haven't already, I'd like to finally share with you what Tunana Shoe is. Plus, it's just time. It's time. It's not going to get any better with any extra time, and I don't want it to go too long because then it just won't matter. So back when I was a pretty young kid and I was developing what would inevitably be my personality, and I already had some like catchy one-liner punchline kind of things going for me at this point, I didn't really have anything that I had thought up yet on my own. 
I had a very real fear of growing up to become a Chinese man, which nobody in my family to this day still has any idea where that would have come from, nor do I. But I used to cry, like seriously be crying, and my family would be like, Albert, what's wrong? And I'd just be like, I don't want to be a Chinese man. I had these pants for riding dirt bikes, and the brand was O'Neill, so it said O'Neill on the side. And I used to go up to people and I'd point down and I'd be like, Look, pants, O'Neal. And some point later on, my dad taught me the fake compliment joke. Nice bike for a fag! No, Albert, you have to wait a couple of seconds in between. So count, one, two. Nice bike, one, two, for a fag! No, you don't yell one, two out at him. Count it quietly in your head. Nice bike. Oh, hey, wow. Somebody thinks I've got a nice bike. I thought this was a cool bike when I was buying it. For a fag. But the podcast was initially going to be Barncast because nobody does it in a barn and I was going to be throwing shade like a motherfucker. But there was already a Barncast. Fuck Barncast, by the way. So I wanted something that I knew nobody else was going to have that couldn't even be close to anything else anybody was going to have, and I googled it just to make sure that nobody else had it. As best as I can remember, it was the first joke that I ever wrote. Appropriately, in the early 90s, it was a knock-knock joke. And I fucking loved this joke. I would tell it just like back-to-back, back, even though they knew the punchline and what was coming, I would still just tell it again because I didn't get that part of it and I loved the joke. Or maybe it was just annoying them with that that was funny to me. Whatever the case, I would laugh a lot and I'm guessing that's why they would still humor me, even though they knew what was coming every single time I told it, but still. I'd say, knock, knock. And my dad would be like, Albert, if it's the Tunanish Chew joke, I'm going to be upset with you. And I'd laugh and tell him that it wasn't the joke. And he'd say, okay. And then I would tell it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Tunana. Tunana who? Tunana shoe. So there's that for the new year and these next ten episodes and whatever else may come. Hey.